Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the 25th episode of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. Today we are going to change your life. Let me ask you this. How long does it take for you to send out messages? Maybe you just met 10 people at a networking event and the idea of following up with them sounds daunting. Or staring at that blank message box on LinkedIn or Gmail fills you with dread or a sudden desire to clean your bathroom or play Call of Duty. Truth is, writing is more important than it ever has been in the workplace. Knowledge workers spend all day writing email messages, user stories, blog posts, and traditional education systems typically don't do a great job teaching us how to write for the workplace. Writing a paper on Huckleberry Finn is a worthwhile undertaking and can help you practice writing mechanics and critical thinking. But how do you message that CEO you just met to build a relationship that may lead to your dream job? How do you craft a cover letter for a job application that is personal, specific, or to the position that you want? How can you be more efficient completing online applications to scale your outbound efforts? And most importantly, how do you get all this writing done efficiently? By the end of this episode, you should have the opportunity to save hours of your job search or at work because we're going to motivate you and show you exactly how you can be more efficient. And by the end of this episode, we're going to show you how you can get a special tool which can cut your wasted time in half. That's right, baby, because today we are launching a Career Warrior app and you are going to be the first to hear about it and get six months of free access. There is no one who I'd rather have as our guest other than Andrew McCann, the founder of Eleven Trees, a company dedicated to helping great people scale engagement through great writing. Andrew's story is truly amazing. He taught writing and engineering design at Drexel University for 10 years and realized how much time was wasted on writing comments for his students. He personally developed an application that would cut down the amount of time typing these things and allowed himself and many others to give more personal feedback while cutting down the time it took. According to Andrew, he's a code whisperer, client earner, support guru, and overall strategist. So stop wasting time with your messages and just get personal. Without further ado, here's the genius himself, Andrew McCann, with our 25th episode. All right, Andrew, how are you doing today? Well, a lot better after that intro. There's nothing like uh, being called a genius and uh, being quoted back at yourself is, I guess, at one point saying I was a support guru. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is uh, doing wonders for my ego and, <laughs> and, uh, and energy level. So it's wonderful to be here. Thank you, Chris. That's very good. And so I just wanted to kind of launch into it. Um, I want to ask about you and how you arrived at your current situation. Um, do you, first of all, have any exciting, funny or awkward stories from your Drexel or GE life? Yeah. Uh, hiring and the whole career thing has been a fascination for me since really getting out into the workforce. And I went to Drexel as a student, which has a very strong internship co-op program. So okay. uh, I had real jobs, you know, part of the way through college. I worked in a steel mill. I worked in a TV manufacturing. I worked in a, at a big tech company. Um, and I guess pretty quickly, I got that engineer brain that hates inefficiencies and doesn't really like ambiguities so much. It likes clear organized, efficient processes. And then when I saw hiring and realized how insane it was, even at a, 
entry level. It's always been a fascination for me. I've always paid a lot of attention to it. So one story I was thinking about knowing I was coming here was an interview I had at the big tech company I worked at in college mm -hmm. where an engineer uh, asked me to do a, a logic problem, an engineering, electrical engineering problem in the interview, which even at the time I was, I remember being kind of insulted by. I don't even know why. It seems like a fair thing to do. Was it like a, a simple question or why, what, what was ridiculous? Well, it was like do an exam in, in the interview. Okay. And, and, you know, and I guess part of me was this is just a co-op job. Jeez, you know, what do you need, a genius? I'm probably going to be making <laughs> photocopies, right, or what have you. Um, but the problem also, I don't remember the details of it. And, and I guess part of the reason I was insulted is I couldn't do it, right? So that, that never helps, right? When you're looking at this thing and the person's expecting you to do it. Right. I couldn't do it. And I felt, you know, uh, uh, this is um, uh, a bit insulting. It's a bit embarrassing. And at the end of my struggling to do this problem, uh, the guy actually asked me, really in a very uh, uh, heartfelt way, you know, are you in the right interview? Maybe you should be down the hall in the marketing interview and not in the engineering interview, right? Which, oh, uh, which I did, it was kind of him to put it that way, but that was kind of double down on the insulting part. The, the, the joke is on both of us, I got the job, right? So whatever this interviewing theory strategy this person had, Ended up not playing into it too much, okay. uh, right? And uh, which is funny to me. I mean, it was a, a small version of what uh, engineers go through now in whiteboarding interviews, which I kind of am fascinated reading on Quora, all the stories and, and other places, all the stories of people interviewing at Google and, and Apple and you know, going through this ordeal of algorithm problems. And, and it's all kind of BS. It doesn't help predict your success as an engineer, right? Just being having some problem jumped on you is not really a very good predictor of success. People study for these things at Google, Amazon, other places. They'll, sure. There are books written on how to get through the, the uh, engineer interview. So the whole thing is a bit of a, a goat rodeo, jumping through hoops kind of BS thing. And, uh, uh, and so, yeah, that was a story I was thinking about. Uh, and I worked there for six months. And, and also, you know, the, the other ironic thing about that whole experience, given that I'm such a software guy and love computers and did uh, as a kid, uh, I hated the job and it turned me off tech for 15 years. <laughs> so maybe I, maybe not being able to do that problem, I should have turned down the job instead of them hiring me and then taking the job, right? That should have been the takeaway. So okay. it just illustrates to me the inefficiencies and the kind of randomness yeah. to this whole hiring career thing. Yeah, it's funny because our, um, I think it was our 14th episode, we asked um, everyone in the room, it's like, what's your interview horror story? And it, it just blows my mind how many times that things can go wrong in the interview because people don't may not have like that, you know, general awareness of like what works, what doesn't work. And uh, yeah, I've heard things about people being um, just totally um, insulted in, in different ways. And um, I told you my uh, one story where the interviewer was just like, you know, that he just blatantly told me my answer sucked. And <laughs> I was like, I, I am, uh, this is, this is not doing wonders for my confidence right now. So I just like tanked the rest of the interview. <laughs> so anyway, I did kind of want to look, ask you, um, about your current company, which is 11 trees, um, just blows my mind. Um, I kind of want to hear your background story. What gave you the idea in the very beginning? Sure. Uh, well, I, you know, I would frame, um, Eleven Tree. It came out of a side project, and uh, there was an article in the New Yorker a couple of years ago about Silicon Valley and San Francisco. And one thing really stuck with me, culture-wise, that that everybody. I'm paraphrasing here from this article. Uh, everybody in San Francisco has at least four business cards. They've got their day job, their own startup, their friend startup they've invested in or on the board of, and something else. I forget what the fourth thing was. Right. Mm -hmm. Just this kind of openness and friendliness to people having side hustles. 
um, you know, particularly in tech, uh, is it a negative that you're doing something on the side because you're so passionate or you want to learn new technologies or huh. you just have this thing in your head you want to get out in the world? In Silicon Valley, at least, you know, this article and in my experience, too, in Austin is, is like this as well. It's a positive, right? It's not a, you know, old school corporate America. You're dedicated to this company. and You will be here for life until we fire you. Uh, when we you know, run out of work or uh, need to cut costs. But you'll be here for life, and therefore you have to dedicate yourself to the company, and you anything you do would be a conflict of interest, right? That's kind of the old-school corporate mentality. So 11 Trees has been a side project for, for quite a while. Just coming out of my, as, as you started off saying, my frustrations with the inefficiencies involved in giving great feedback to students, which we all know sure. is important. One of my favorite little taglines is, uh, feedback is a teacher's superpower. It's the one thing that we have as teachers like and that, I, yeah. Uh, that um, yeah, I want to get T-shirts made at some point. You know, I think it would be a, a, good, a good thing to get out in the world in a bigger way. Uh, but the, the data, all the research shows that the only, most of a student's success is defined by things that you cannot control as a teacher. Their socioeconomic background, their life, you know, do, do they have a, a, a yeah. young kid? Do they have problems at work? Do they have enough money to go to school? All these things that you can't control. The things that you can control, feedback, uh, engagement with the student at a personal level is is the most compelling and powerful tactic you've got as a teacher. So I knew it was important. I wanted to do it well. And I just started building tools off of Microsoft Word to try to, like a lot of teachers had done. Um, and then it just grew over time. Uh, I put up a website in 2008 and somebody bought it two days later. You know, no SEO. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It just yeah. somebody bought this little thing I'd built. And so fast forward over the last year plus, I've, I've reimagined this uh, uh, and rebuilt this thing really to fit what I always had in my head, which was a cloud solution that lets uh, uh, individuals create and use libraries of expert feedback or expert writing, really, as we'll see when we talk about the application for sure. your content. Yeah. Um, why reinvent the wheel? The way we learn to write in the workplace is through exemplars, is by walking into a job and somebody saying, here's the report that we do uh, once a month for the board or for whatever. We need you to do this now. And mm -hmm. you look at a couple of them and you figure out the style and the way yeah. it's done. And that's how you learn to write in the workplace. Uh, you know, school is a, a very artificial world in comparison. So 11 Trees came out of uh, this, you know, kind of little side project widgety thing that I had built. Uh, but really with this mission of, uh, and there's nothing like grandiosity as a startup founder, right, of teaching the world to write, of seeing a lot of problems and challenges in the way that we teach writing, a lot of gaps and opportunities simultaneously, right. and starting to build some productivity, kind of, kind of simple mousetrappy kinds of solutions to attack this gap and these problems. Um, and so so 11 Trees now is uh, uh, apps for uh, Chrome, um, web apps, and also Office, Microsoft Office that that help both students and teachers and really any writer or editor um, create better content uh, more efficiently. Right, that's excellent. And I wanna talk about just communication in general. And I mean, you, talk, you talked about the exemplars in writing and I think that's, that's very true. And sometimes I, I feel the pressure to write a lot. And I read some statistic that said that, you know, essentially the average worker spends at least two hours of their own time in email. And I'm sure for certain industries and certain types of positions, it's a lot more than that. Uh, but my question to you is, why do you think we spend so much time typing messages to people? 
Yeah, well, boy, there's a lot wrapped up in that. Um, you know, should we is part of the question, right? Are yeah. we all wasting each other's time by, right. you know, the nightmare of a big company where everybody blind carbon copies everybody else, and then you're expected to go home at night and read 150 emails? Yeah, it's this ongoing cycle. It just keeps going and going. Yeah, and then yeah. Slack was supposed to save us from all of this, but then what, we end up looking at Slack every 25 seconds <laughs> instead of once every, you know, 20 minutes, which is what email used to be. Yeah, I have my own thing with Slack, but I, I think it has its 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 applications, but... Overall, it can be just like emails. <laughs> it can right. just like, uh, with with you know gifs, right? With animated stuff, that's more fun. Maybe. Yeah, it's more that's fun. Only, uh, <laughs> the only positive side to it, um, and it does it does uh, encourage brevity, right? Is is true? That's uh, true. Um, so yeah, you know, it's it's. Um, I mean, the whole big company thing about email is is really a challenge. If you're a manager, a senior, you know, they've two three hundred emails a day. What are you supposed to do with that? You know, have an assistant that sifts through it and tries to give you the ones that are important. I mean, it's it's a, a, a crazy situation. So um, it just comes back, though, to the importance of writing as a skill. Uh, so, you know, I one of my, again, a little tagline or favorite thing for me is really the glory, the, the golden age of, of writing in the workplace now versus 20 years ago uh, when people was the tail end of secretaries and, and people sort of dictating or... Mm-hmm. I, I had a boss, this was in the 90s uh, when I was first out of college. He literally would have his secretary print out all of his emails on a Friday. He loved boating. And he would take this stack of printed emails on his boat over the weekend and write answers on them, bring them back Monday, and she would type them up and send them back. Oh, wow. Right? That's great. So I think that was the very tail end of that kind of world of, uh, of, uh, of a 1950s kind of approach to uh, workplace. But there was a period where we didn't do as much writing. Now we do. So... It's the golden age, but there are uh, certainly a lot of downsides to it, and and uh, there probably isn't much training or, or effort put in around culture change or process improvement. But if they did, it would pay dividends because that two hours a day or whatever the number is could be shrunk considerably. Okay, it's the old. It's attributed to a bunch of different people, but it's that old line about uh, uh, I regret that I didn't write a shorter letter. I didn't have the time. <laughs> All right, because it takes effort to write something that's really crisp and concise and yeah. punchy. It's very interesting because I remember, I think my first experience with this and efficiency and things like that is when I was um, a student learning uh, management communication. I had one of the, I think he's got to be one of the best professors who teaches what he teaches. But um, essentially, I was writing emails that I put so much time and so much effort into thinking about. Um, And I remember sending messages to like the CEOs and uh, top level managers, and I would write these like four five paragraphs or whatever and then I would either not get a response or just like a two-word response and I'd be like oh, man they really don't have time for this like <laughs> they really have to deal with a lot so um but you know that's that's it's a really interesting thought and so I guess my my further question is like how do we really get that personal touch you know how do we find the balance between having the efficiency and making sure to get that good message across well, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, again, it's, it's a joy. And I wish more writing teachers, you know, which I was at one point, but we're, right. we're aware of the, you know, I, I spend some time trying to communicate this. Anytime I get to talk to uh, colleges or schools, because they're kind of oblivious to the, this world and the importance of it. Um, you know, one of my, again, favorite lines is that knowledge workers write more in a day than college students do in an entire academic term. Uh, software is built. That's mind-blowing. Wow. The software is built. <laughs> with the language of literature, 
Mm-hmm. We write user stories. We create personas. We we write out epics and themes to describe what it is we want to build. Right. A writing a literature teacher in high school would do backflips if they knew that. Right. I wish more people did. So, come back to your question of how do we get better at this? You write a lot. You know, how, mm-hmm. and with feedback, right, and with some kind of an improvement cycle, not just blown out more content. So. Um, the more you do it, the better off you get at it. If you've got good, you know, and it's, it's uh, uh, if you have good leaders who are good writers, like you write them a four-page email and you get back this crisp one-sentence response, right? You learn pretty quickly. Like this is not the way things are done here in this culture. Yeah. Or some cultures are, you know, I love, uh, I love the Amazon story. I'm not sure if it's still true, but they start every big meeting, um, which is, you know, the two pizza rule, right? So it's only six people at most. Right. With 10 minutes of reading. So to have a meeting about Sami, and I'm, not, I'm sure it's not every meeting, but if there's a, a decision to be made or something to be considered that's complicated, whoever's bringing that issue to the table writes up a multi-page treatment, like a term paper, right? We would call it in, in college, explaining the different angles, sharing the evidence, and they share it out to everybody who's going to be in that meeting. They're not responsible for reading it before they get there because that would just be more work. The first 10 minutes of the meeting are dedicated to everybody having the time to read through that three or four or five pages. So everybody has the information. Everybody has the... If you're in a culture like that, you will become a good writer. Sure. And so uh, so it's, it's, there isn't a shortcut to it. It's, it's you know, looking for uh, good mentors or good managers, right, that you're, or, and coworkers you're going to learn from yeah. um, to get better at it. Because yeah. it really is, again, it may change in 15 years when computers can just read our minds. And, but then, you know, you're still writing. Even if it's coming straight <clears throat> out of your head onto a, into somebody else's head, you still, you still have to organize those thoughts, and that's really what writing is. So yeah. I don't see it decreasing in importance. So it's really, as a career kind of a thing, it's looking for literate uh, uh, you know, c- companies and teams with good writing culture. Sure. Right? That's not something you really think about. I actually have never thought about that till now, which, which kind of blows my mind. It's like, do you have a good example, a good tribe around you that is showing good exemplar writing, you know, good, effective management communication? And uh, I think that's something to actually start to consider uh, because a lot of the times the answer may not be maybe no. So um, you need to ask yourself, like, is my team being effective? Is my team communicating as efficiently as possible and getting the message across? So, or is it, you know, paragraphs of the same thing that could have been said in one sentence? So, um, yeah, yeah, there's a thing, right? The culture of writing in your, in your team. That sounds like a mm-hmm. thing, right? I, I never articulated it that way either, but you could go into a, a team or an entire company and, and evaluate, you know, where the strengths are, where the communication are. culture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure PhD, you know, the, the kind of professor you had that you referred to, that's what they do, right? They, yeah. they get into uh, um, into these kinds of issues, I suppose, but I've never been exposed to it in any yeah. company. And then you think about executive communication and some of the insane emails that CEOs send out or, you know, they, they <laughs> yeah, <I> know. <laughs> or messages. Yeah. Like, uh, Yikes. Yeah. So I want to transition into the job search because I think a lot of the time, so we talked about, you know, having people to look up to when it comes to like good communication. But I think a lot of the times for job seekers, they feel alone because it's like just them going out and networking and applying for jobs and connecting to people. But um, so like, let's just have a conversation right now. Like what does good, what does a good reach out look like in terms of the job search? You know, how personal do we really need to get? And then we'll kind of transition and talk about the app in a little bit, which I'm so excited to bring up. Mm. 
But um, what do you think a good message, a good reach out message looks like for someone in their job search? Well, uh, you know, that in a way that's, that's, as we'll get to here, you know, I'm providing technology and you guys are providing content, the content to yeah. help guide that because it, it is a great question. I mean, I would consider myself to be a, a pretty accomplished writer. So I don't consciously think about it, right? What mm-hmm. level, for instance, what level of familiarity do you, do you use? You right. Know, uh, yo, Bob, what's up? How was your weekend? You know, do you send that to a cold, cold email yes. to a CEO? I messaged somebody um, without getting too, uh, and this actually didn't work. I, I thought for sure it would. Uh, this person's kind of senior leader, I think yeah, CEO <clears throat> of, a, of a company I was, I was trying to do some biz dev with. Um, and I read a blog post of theirs where they referenced the, the movie Fletch. I'm going to date myself here, but uh, it's right. a little bit of a cult classic, <laughs> you know, if you get a chance to see it. And uh, they talked about Fletch in this. So in my message to them, I said, I think my opening line was, I never thought I'd be able to use my encyclopedic knowledge of Fletch as a way to, you know, reach out and partner with somebody. That didn't work, actually. And probably because it never got read is, is the most likely reason. Um, sure. But... Uh, you know, was it uh, overly familiar? Was that a bit of a gamble, right? As opposed to leading with more of the value proposition I that I would be sharing with this as opposed to some joker who spends his days watching no, that. I know, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so What's the rapport aspect? It's it's trying to build that too. And, and I, th- I think what you touched upon just right within the first sentence is like there is no one size fits all reach out message. You know, there is no, like, you shouldn't be talking to, you know, that CEO who you don't know very well versus this person who you, I don't know, had two beers with and the conversation flowed really well. It's like, it's going to look different. So I think people not getting lazy in their reach out communications, um, especially, you know, after networking events is really important to, to consider as well. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, just talking through this, um, I, like a lot of things, the more you know about this and the more you see, the more complex it becomes. So you could be coming into this as, you know, fresh college, uh, you're in college and you're trying to get internships or you're just out of college. And this looks kind of straightforward. You know, you read a couple of blogs about how to write an opening and you just, but the more, you more you listen to people like you and I talk about it, right? And, and these different levels of familiarity and different strategies and how you yeah. might approach people, it starts to become kind of overwhelming. And then you get, then you get, that's how you get to writer's block. And what I love about what you guys do is you're going to help people uh, provide exemplars to them so that they can take away some of the decision making mm-hmm. around, you know, it's the old Obama thing. It's like thing. the anxiety, you know. Yeah, it's, it's the Obama thing about, you know, I just have to wear the same suit every day or Steve Jobs. That way I don't have to think about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Steve Jobs had the same car delivered every six months, a brand new one. <laughs> so yeah. he didn't have to worry, he didn't have to get oil changes, right? That was the thing. Simplify your life, right? And so um, um, what you guys are doing by providing great content. Uh, exemplars of all different sorts of communication to users, uh, to our users, is going to help break that down a little yes. bit and simplify it. And then after a while, I think of what we're doing as a bit of a like a training wheel kind of thing on a bike, right? After a while, you get up to you don't need it anymore. You don't need the crutch because you've learned it, mm-hmm. and that would be mission accomplished, I think, for us. Sure, education first of all, I think that's great. Um, yeah, so let's launch into this this app, which I am ecstatic to talk about. I mentioned this in the intro. Uh, but we have a really amazing tool that you guys can start using now, actually, um, which is absolutely incredible. But it's our Career Warrior app, which is essentially going to make it a lot easier to reach out to people and communicate effectively in your job search. But first of all, Andrew, can we talk about what are the different ways that this tool can be used? You know, who who should be really using this? Yeah, so a little, you know, context and background. So. Uh, Chris, you and I met at Capital Factory in Austin, mm-hmm. all right? So, which is exactly the job of Capital Factory is to bring together people and uh, and spark 
uh, creation and um, of both capital and ideas and solutions. So uh, two startups here in Austin and partnering up to bring this experiment to the world. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's, uh, I'm very proud to say, you know, we're just trying this and we'll get feedback from from users. Um, certainly the app, the technology that I built is tried and true. It's got over, uh, I don't know, 400,000, uh, you know, bits of content have been created in over the last six months. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, what it what it is, what I built is is an app called Annotate Pro. And it's an app for Microsoft Word and it's an app for Chrome. So it sits inside of the tools that you're going to use to create content, Microsoft Word and Gmail and LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and anywhere else. It sits inside of those tools. And what we've done to partner to bring the Career Warrior Edition uh, to life is we filled uh, the container with exemplar uh, content that you can use to find um, uh, great examples of opening lines, uh, subject lines and emails yep. or uh, you know, follow-ups after a networking event yep. uh, um, to, to hit up a, a person who's hierarchically way up the, the ladder from you and, and try to bring some value to that conversation. Um, and it's, it's organized. Right. That's, that's the beauty. Yes. Of it. There's a hierarchy to it. So you can go in and search for I need a cover letter body and <clears> part <throat> of the value. And, the, and I think we're going to learn more about this as we see how people use it. But uh, once you uh, and, the, and the way to get this will be in the show notes. So you'll be able to to just share your email. We'll set you up with an account and off you go. And the first thing you'll do is see all this great content and be prompted to personalize it. So to put in your own personal stuff, fill in some of the key value statements from your resume or what have you, build all that in. So then when you're in LinkedIn, you can just zap it right in there. When you're on Indeed or Monster or whatever, applying for gigs, you can just quickly bam, 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 yeah. bam, fill in all of your top uh, bullets or points or descriptions of your experience or what have you. Um, and uh, you know, there's, the argument here is twofold. Uh, I like to see you know, productivity, we think about time, but productivity is a, a numerator and a denominator. It's the quality of what you create, the output, uh, divided by the time it took you to, to create it. So certainly, this is a great time savings. Uh, you've got all these great exemplars that will help you get through the writer's block or the, gee, how do I begin to, how do I begin to message somebody I met briefly at a, yeah. a meetup last night? But it's also going to help you create better content in the first place. One, because you've got these great exemplars that Chris and Matt and the other folks here at Let's Eat Grandma are creating and continuing to push out through the uh, Career Warrior Edition. And then you'll fill it with your own stuff. You can add your own uh, new chunks of content. You can personalize it to, to be more yeah. specific. And it will help you be more mindful about these key phrases that you'll continue to use and reuse. And then, again, when you're in LinkedIn and you're messaging somebody, you literally just go Alt-A and then start typing uh, to search for a particular chunk of content. And then, bam, you know, you add it to the message. I use it even for things like my calendar link, right, my cal or my Zoom account. Right. If I want to do a meeting with somebody, I've got that. It, it's, you know, in a way it's like um, text expander or but but taken yeah. to the nth level with a hierarchy and organization and even analytics around your usage of these different things so that you can slam that Zoom link or your Calendly link or whatever into a LinkedIn message or Gmail message or what have you. And, and off you go um, as quickly as your your legs can carry. Yeah. And, and um, I'm definitely also in the perspective of a lot of our listeners because Andrew's sort of the genius behind all this, and and Matt, my co-founder, is the person who's been coming up with a career warrior content for it. So I'm really trying to come from uh, your perspective here, but it, I can go in and add my own content as well. Is that the case? Absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You're going to have a structure of um, 
of groups and subgroups that, that help you search and discover what's in there, but you can add your own groups and subgroups, your own comments. Um, and, uh, and it's also a living thing. This is a cloud okay. library, which means you guys can continue to add to it as we learn what kinds of content people want. Yeah, it's going to um, get better and better, man. <laughs> it's, yeah, all the templates that are in there will get better and better and better. And they're form-driven, which means uh, uh, some of them you choose one and it pops up and it asks you to complete some more information. So to personalize it for a particular, you know, uh, last night we met at fill-in-the-blank, right? It's a it's, uh, pretty simple thing, but again, it's going to help you make this... Uh, not mindless, but but the cognitive load of doing this. Yeah. Like you said, right? I met 10 people last night. Now what do I, I mean, I know I'm supposed to this morning message all 10 of them and say something about why we met or what we talked about or what, what spark we had. That's a lot of, sh you know, a lot of work um, <laughs> when you've got everything else to worry about in your day. And this will help diminish or minimize uh, the, you know, the amount of um, effort and work involved. It, would it be, um, and this is this is my own uh, thing here, I don't know if um, you're going to back this up, but would you call this the Mad Libs of networking? Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I'd be proud of that uh, <laughs> because, you know, I think Mad Libs have a, a fun, simple kind of connotation to them. And uh, uh, that's especially the form-driven versions because not all of it's form-driven. The example of a Calendly link is just a... Uh, uh, you know, slam it in there kind of thing and you're done. Right. But some of the stuff is form driven. So yeah, it's, it's like Mad Libs, like, you know, add a wonderful thing about yourself, right? Or uh, the funny joke you told last night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, that's, to... and that's where the personal, um, all of those personal touches come in. You know, you have, this isn't just like, um, you know, something like, oh, you can be like a robot and you need to automate your entire life. It's like, no, this, this with, you know, more than anything, you should be integrating that human aspect um, and it should allow you to integrate the human things more than ever because you can focus less on the structure. Yeah, so. I think too is, and this is going to be part of the discovery, which is like three three different perspectives that are fascinating to me. One is the writing teacher part of me. One is the career kind of job HR person. Uh, another is the tech side of it and just watching because. I, if you were to sign up, and this is free to everybody listening can get six months access to this, and every leg, uh, let's see, grandma customer gets access to it. The first thing you do is go in and, and just personalize it. Take maybe half an hour and go in and just take chunks from your resume and other stuff that you've got and put it all in there mm -hmm. following Matt's uh, kind of template-driven approach. That's a very structured, mindful exercise that I think is going to be really useful to people. So I mean, we're, we're in a pretty much full employment economy right now. Uh, where, uh, you know, there's a lot in the Wall Street Journal and elsewhere about people ghosting, right? So you were hired, just supposed to start Monday, and you got a better offer over the weekend, uh -huh. evidently, so you don't even show up for work. So yeah. it's not so much the world where, you know, you, you're, you're desperate for employment and you've got to be systematic. and But that just means there's more opportunity to find the perfect gig, right? So if you're really being systematic about looking for the right job, the right company, the right opportunity that's going to – there's a there's a strategy and a mindfulness to that that uh, that I think we can help with and uh, and you tie that to some of the other things we wanted to talk about you tied I mentioned a calendar link I, you know I the second I learned about these things a couple of years ago when somebody first sent me a Calendly uh, C A L E N D I love Calendly I love it I and use it every single day yeah I use it every hour <laughs> it's just an absolutely fantastic and I still I don't know ninety five percent of the people I interact with don't have it. Um, you know, just the, what time do you want to, so what these links do is it's your personal link. It ties into your, your calendar. And so people can see you're free busy and they can book appointments with you. 
And if you want to pay for it, they're free um, for some basic version. If you want to pay for it, you get more options, you know, 30 minutes. Oh, I got the paid version. I have 10 paid versions for everyone in my company. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah, And so it's a fantastic efficiency uh, tool so people Mm -hmm. can find you and get time with you. And, and I would, you know, another one of my little pet peeves, and I think a productivity hack that fits into all of this is including that in your email signature mm-hmm. along with your phone number, mm-hmm. right? I, so many times when I go looking to contact somebody, I go looking for an email they sent me, hoping that their mobile phone number is going to be in it because I'm running late or I need mm-hmm. to message them. And so putting that into your signature just means you're that much easier to find. Exactly. Which means yeah. you're that much easier to hire or, <laughs> uh, you know, find for a great opportunity or a moonlighting thing or, or what have you. So, uh uh, I think all these things kind of combine. Calendly is a great solution, and they do offer free. Um, another thing I would plug is with no, uh, you know, no connection to it um, other than being a, a customer is HubSpot, which is a Salesforce competitor. It's a CRM. If I were in a serious job search, I would set up my own personal HubSpot account, integrate it with my personal Gmail, and use that to chase opportunities like yep. a salesperson chases uh, deals. Uh, track all the companies, keep notes on everybody. It integrates with Gmail and Outlook, so all of your messages out to people are captured. So if if uh, Mark from Apple happens to call you a month after you've sent off your resume, you can immediately call up Mark and see what you said to them and who they are and keep notes about them. And, and, one of, and HubSpot is completely free for everything I'm describing, and they give you uh, one of these calendar links so you can use HubSpot to book your, your meetings the like moments, you use yeah. Calendly. Absolutely fantastic. And so I just want to kind of, before we... Um, give everyone access to this tool. I just want to give one more working example. If I do have this tool, how can I most effectively use it to network or boost workplace productivity? So, so the networking Let's piece. Talk logistics, like how to what I do as soon as I get the tool. What do I do next? Yeah, you mean the actual mechanics of using it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so there is a, a group. I uh, um, so this is a I, I, we use the terminology a library. So a library of these templates. It's just a template driven kind of a thing. So inside of a library are groups, and one of those groups is networking. So if you go into networking, you'll see uh, one of the ones I really like is um, uh, something like there's no job offer. No formal job opening, but you're going to network into that company because you're interested in them. Yes. Or you met them or what have you. So there's which a template. Which we advocate for. Yep. Yeah. Which, you know, if not now, then you're in the mind. And this is how, again, back to the irrationality of, of hiring. If you made an impression on somebody at a meetup, you follow up with a message, which your the Career Warrior Edition would help you structure. You go in and find that. Or you just cold reach out to them, right, which, again, is another option inside of this group. Um, maybe not now, but you stick in somebody's memory and – Six months later, they're like, wait a minute, didn't I meet somebody that had some weird combination of interests and skills that you happen to be that person? And they reach out to you, and that leads to, uh, to a gig. So mechanically, yeah, you would be in LinkedIn, and you would click on the little A, which is for Annotate, which is the, the uh, app. And in it would be the Career Warrior Edition which library is, it's, loaded. It works like an, like, a, like an extension, like it's already in that window. And then you're you're on LinkedIn and you just it's it's super simple. Yeah, yeah. You, you click on it. Another actually a good tech tool that everybody should be using is Grammarly. So Grammarly is a Chrome extension yeah. that that fixes your grammar and writing as you're trying to compose these things, and they work you know together quite well. So yeah, you click on the A, you go down to networking, you choose you know cold message or cold uh, opener or whatever the kind of scenario is, 
and it'll pop up the form, the Mad Libs for uh, networking. Yeah. You fill in some information. It's already, you've personalized it, so it's got some of your stuff in it already. You hit enter, uh, and that whole chunk of text gets inserted into the LinkedIn message you're about to send to somebody. Yeah, it blows my mind. I've seen this tool at work. I've used it myself, and it makes things so much easier and will save you so much time. And like was said in the middle of the podcast, I think what it really does is it eliminates a lot of that anxiety, um, a lot of that called writer's block, you know, a lot of that um, anxiety that comes with the initial stages of reaching out. And so I think what it should do is motivate you to actually, you know, it's the day after the event, I'm actually going to start pushing out those messages. Mm. So I think if anything, this tool is going to really motivate people to do the right thing and follow up. Yeah. And your, your workplace, um, you know, your, your, your question had two parts to it about work. The second one was workplace efficiency, mm-hmm. right? And, and uh, I got a, a wonderful note, cold, cold email, a cold LinkedIn message, however you describe that from somebody uh, about a month ago. And it was so particular and well-written. So part of my comp, my, and it was basically a biz dev, you know, somebody reaching out to me. Uh-huh. So when I replied to the person, um, I said, you know, did you, t- do you have some kind of engine that does this for you inside of LinkedIn? Cause obviously I'm interested in this sort of technology uh, or do you just kind of manually copy paste or write it each time you send it out to somebody? It turned out this person had been targeting Austin entrepreneurs uh, <laughs> and had just LinkedIn, you know, done the search. And he, I could see the kind of feel the chuckling through his response in LinkedIn. He said, no, I just copy paste or write it out each time. And I'm thinking, cha-ching, you know, this, you could be using my app to put those messages into a, a template and then slam it out to, you know, 100 people that you reach out to on LinkedIn. So the workplace efficiency um, with an account that you're going to get uh, for free through uh, the Career Warrior Edition, uh, one of the things I use it for is all the white papers, all the videos, all the support documents that I am constantly sending out to people to support my company. I have groups and content or a different library that captures all that stuff. So sure. uh, there is a, a play here for even outside of networking and resumes and, and cover letters, just a great efficiency tool to help you create content more quickly. Um, and that's another area we're really interested in. This is 11 Trees meeting is very interested in learning about uh, because we're heading pretty full steam into uh, a solution that's optimized for inside sales, marketing, customer support type people to be able to use these libraries of templates and share them inside of a team across. Yeah, the applications uh, are, are unlimited. Yeah, across Seriously. LinkedIn and yeah. all the different places we're communicating, Seriously. not just inside the CRM. So a little you know, side plug there for the workplace efficiency angle. But one of the cool things is, as an individual with the Career Warrior Edition, you can use it. Uh, you know, Career Warrior Edition is a library inside of Annotate Pro. You can add your own libraries and create your own content. Sure. And, I mean, really, it's uh, we already discussed kind of in one of our episodes, it's like this podcast and even especially this tool, it's not just for job seekers. I mean, job seekers absolutely, absolutely need to use this tool. But this is also for that workplace efficiency, any way that you can actually use yourself to become a better professional and uh, further your value. So, Andrew, you've been absolutely incredible. And I'm going to ask about how we can actually get the tool um, for the people who are listening to this podcast. But is there anything else we didn't cover? No, I think that was a good wide ranging uh conversation to say the least. Yeah. I think we were very thorough here. So I'm very, I'm very <laughs> proud of how this turned out. So um, very good. So how do I um, how do I access this tool? What's the first step I should take in order to get this on so my computer? In the show notes for this podcast, there will mm-hmm. be a link to a simple landing page where you just fill out, you know, your, your email and your name and uh, you guys, uh, that is uh, Let's Eat Grandma will set you up with an account within, you know, 10 or 12 hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, then you just log in, um, 
install the Chrome extension or and or the Word app because this is you know another side of this is you can load all your resume content into it and use it to add content to Word documents to be writing resumes and whatnot. So you can use both of the apps. Um, so basically, sign up through the uh, the link in the show notes, and then you'll get an email with the uh, the follow up. You know how to install sure. the apps and get going. And it's free for a certain chunk of time, correct? Yeah, we're going to make it. It's going to be uh, certainly for Let's Eat Grandma customers. It's going to be part of. Uh, of what they get is is your package, and then um, anybody else who comes along that finds value in it is going to get six months access to the tool, and it'll be modestly. You know, again, this is an experiment, so we're very interested in feedback, and uh, we're both startup small companies. We're raw, right? You're, mm-hmm. You send an email into support, you're going to be getting right to the uh, the founding team. We very much are interested in people's feedback and and uh, and angles on this, but uh, um, it, it'll we don't know. Or what uh, you know? What price point it'll be at? But it'll be modest. You know, my my thought is uh, it's going to save you, at the very least, the price of a cup of coffee, maybe an expensive cup of coffee, an Austin cup of coffee, uh, <laughs> a month, and you know that'll be kind of how we'll value it. The ROI should be pretty clear. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you think about it, if you use this to become a better professional, if you use this to land your dream job, if you use this to save yourself hours and hours of time, you know, of course, I don't think there's it would be pretty hard to kind of quantify how much money that you'd be able to save yourself and give yourself back in value just from using this tool. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Yep. Like Andrew said, we're going to drop the link to this career warrior application in the description of the show notes. I absolutely recommend that every single person listening right now hits that button, downloads it because this is going to save you a lot of time and it's going to teach you how to become a better professional and a better job seeker. So Andrew, I can't thank you enough for joining us here today. I think you are like this episode was kind of the epitome of, you know, what a job seeker career warrior episode should be, because we're showing people how to become better professionals and communication is used every single day, like without fail. So I appreciate you coming on board with us today and I can't thank you enough. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Awesome. All right, guys, this concludes our career warrior podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you have not already. And we would absolutely love if you would leave us a review. Let us know how this was. Let us know if you have any ideas for future episodes coming up. And we always love to hear those types of things from our listeners. All right, this concludes it. And please enjoy the rest of your day. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out letseatgrandma.com. That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services if you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked. And please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search. Pay it forward. Thanks guys for being true warriors and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.